Let's pray together and ask God to speak to us through his word. Father, we thank you for the Bible and we thank you that through it you encourage us and correct us and speak to us. And Lord, we pray this morning that as we consider what your word says about being a caring church, that what you say to us would penetrate our hearts and minds and would transform us to being a community that cares for each other even better than we do just now. But Lord, our prayer this morning is that your Holy Spirit would take your written word and this preached word and would apply it to our hearts and our lives, that we would leave here knowing that we have heard from you, the one true and living God. Speak to us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, Christian counselor Ed Welsh writes a brilliant little book called Side by Side. And this book, it's a, it's a manual for members of the church on how they can care for each other better. It's a brilliant book, really practical, really helpful. But in the introduction to this book, Ed Welsh makes a really profound insight. And he says this, let me read it to you, this part of the introduction. He says, it's not easy to ask for help. We spend a lot of time hiding our neediness because we are afraid of what people will think. And then he says, speaking personally, on most days I am happy to give help and reluctant to ask for it. For me, being needy is a sign of weakness and given a choice, I prefer to appear strong or at least competent. Isn't that so insightful? I don't know about you, but that exactly sums up the way I am. I don't find it easy to ask for help. Do you? I'm good at hiding the fact I need help. If I've got problems in my life, if I've got issues going on, what I'm really good at doing is hiding those from people. I'm good at putting on the mask. I'm good at pretending that everything is okay. Can you relate to that? For me, letting people know that I need something, letting people know I need help, admitting that I've got a weakness or a problem going on, it makes me feel weak. It makes me think I look incompetent. And I don't want that. I want to look strong. I want to look like I know what I'm doing. And so I hide the fact that I'm in need. Can you relate to that? I think he captures really well what we're all like as humans. Don't like asking for help. Don't want anyone to know we've got problems. Want to put on a mask and pretend that everything is okay. And yet here's the truth. We're all people in need, aren't we? All of us. Every single one of us at every single point in our lives are people who are in need. Uh, there's a pub in Ballyhackamore called the Stoker's Halt, and I walk past the back of it quite a lot because I park there when I'm in Ballyhackamore. And I walk past the back of this pub, and every time on the back of it, I see this mural. And this is what the mural says. It says, be kind, for everyone is fighting a battle you know nothing about. Be kind, for everyone you meet is fighting a battle you know nothing about. Isn't this true? isn't it? As we sit here this morning with our nice church faces on and our smiles on, looking like we're all doing okay, is the reality not that we're all facing battles that other people know nothing about? Is that not true this morning for each of us? 
my guess is that in this room this morning, some of you are here and you're battling serious illness. Maybe it's physical and you're struggling with real physical illness or maybe it's mental. Maybe you've got mental illness at the minute, struggling with your mental health at the moment. My guess is that some of you here this morning could be struggling with a work situation. Maybe you're facing workplace bullying. Maybe you're facing high levels of stress or anxiety related to your job. My guess is that you might be here this morning and you've got real financial problems at the minute. Maybe you're so deep in debt, you have no idea how you're going to get out of it. And it's frightening for you this morning. Maybe you've got nothing put away for the future and that's scary as you think about retirement that's coming. Maybe you've got serious financial issues at the moment. Maybe this morning you're struggling with a hidden addiction. Maybe alcohol or gambling or pornography or gaming or eating. Maybe you've got an addiction this morning that nobody else knows about. Maybe you're here this morning and you've got relationship problems. Maybe your marriage is on the verge of breaking down. Maybe you have a broken relationship with your children or your parents. Maybe you've been hurt by someone in the past so deeply that you struggle to have any friendships or relationships now. Or maybe there's other issues, other problems, other things going on in your life that no one knows about. Maybe you're really lonely. Maybe you're isolated. Maybe you feel cut off from friends and that you're living your life alone with no one around you to be a friend to you. Maybe you're struggling with grief or anxiety or depression. I don't know about you, but I am struggling with problems. And I do know about you, you are too. Because as the quote says, everyone you meet is fighting a battle you know nothing about. And in this room this morning, my guess is that you've got problems and issues and troubles and and burdens in your life. What are those this morning? What are those? What are your problems just now? As I said to the kids, what, what, what do you need help with? What do you need help with? just now? What do you need God's help with? And what do you need the help of other people with just now? My guess is that you need help this morning. My guess is that some of you just long for people to reach out to you and help you with the issues in your life. But all of us are facing battles that many people don't know about. But here's the thing. This is not how it's meant to be for us. Everyone's fighting a battle you know nothing about, but that's not the way it's meant to be in the church. As Christians, we're not supposed to hide our need of help from one another. As Christians, we're not meant to put on the mask and pretend everything is okay. No, do you know what we're meant to do as Christians? We're meant to turn to our brothers and sisters in Christ And we're meant to open up our lives to them. And we're meant to tell them what's going on in our lives. We're meant to share our burdens. We're meant to to open up to each other and say the problems that we're facing. Folks, we're meant to help each other. We're meant to help each other. 
You see, the church is meant to be a community where we help one another, a caring community where we love each other, where we share each other's burdens. That's what Paul says, isn't it? In the book of Galatians, writing to the church in Galatia, in in Galatians 6 verse 2, he says this, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Oh, little church, Paul says. You've all got burdens. You've all got struggles. You've all got problems. Every single one of you. Oh, little church, will you bear one another's burdens? Will you help each other? Will you support each other? Will you encourage each other? Will you bear one another's burdens? As most of you know, last week I was on holiday in Menorca. It was fantastic. Um, and we had a really good time as a family. But the, in the place that we were staying, the, the beach was quite awkward to get down. You had to go down these massive steps. And we had a double buggy, so we went down the steps in the double buggy. And this little small beach, so we only made the beach one day in the whole week. But hey, what can you do? And it was lovely. went into the water. It was the Mediterranean, and it was warm. I'm not trying to make you jealous. Um, but it was lovely. But it was really interesting because whenever I was down at the beach, twice... Complete strangers bore my burden. We have this little kind of flexible paddling pool for Micah. And we brought it down to the beach because we didn't really want him going into the sea on his own, but we knew he'd like the water. So I took this nice little flexible paddling pool down to the sea and I filled it with water. And like some sort of agent, I tried to get it back to where Micah was all on my own. And it was so flexible. Every time I moved, the water spilled out and it was a disaster. And it was really interesting Because a Spanish man who clearly spoke no English, or if he did, he just didn't want to speak to me, said nothing. But as I was doing this, he he came over and he got down on the sand beside me. And he lifted the pool with me. And together we, we walked back to where Micah was and Emma was looking after him and Josh and we set it down. And then he just went off and, and spent time with his family. But do you see what he did? He saw that I was struggling. He saw the burden that I was trying to bear and clearly couldn't. And without hesitation, without asking, he he just stepped into that situation and he, he got down and he helped me. And it didn't take the burden off me. I was still lifting it too. But it helped me with my burden. And then similarly, at the end of the, the beach time, um, Emma had Micah in one arm, Josh in a hand and all the beach stuff and I had the double buggy and I'm looking at these steps and there were lots of people around, lots of men around and all I had to do was say to someone, excuse me, but could you give me a hand up the steps? But of course I don't like to ask for help. And so again, like an Egypt, there's me with a double pram. How am I going to get this up these huge steps? And what happened again, another local man came and, and he says, can I help you with that? And I said, yes, please. (laughs) And so he went at the front and I went at the back and together we we moved up these massive steps and we got to the top. And again, he hadn't taken it off me. I was still carrying the pram, but, but he'd helped me to get to where I needed to be. And whenever Paul says that we're to bear one another's burdens, this is the picture. It's a picture of whenever you you know that someone's in need within the church family. Whenever you see someone in need in the church family, when you know they're going through something awful, when you know they're going through something difficult, when you know they need help, what it means to bear their burden is to to walk up to them and to get alongside them 
and to offer your help or just to help them. To lift the load, to help them with what they're going through. This is what it's meant to be like in the church. We're to bear each other's burdens. But here's the thing, folks. If we keep the masks on, if we don't actually make our burdens known, if we hide our problems, if we keep them buried, if we keep them secret, if we keep them veiled, then our brothers and sisters can't help us. Folks, we need to be a community if we're going to do this well, where we, where we start to open up to each other and be real with each other and say what we're going through and ask people to help us or let them get involved and help us. We're to bear one another's burdens. Do you notice what Paul says we do? Look at the screen there when, when we do this. Do you see what he says we do? Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. We do this to fulfill the law of Christ. What is Paul talking about there? He's talking about a command that Jesus gave in John chapter 13. Speaking to his disciples, his followers, that's his first followers and us. Here's what Jesus says. A new command I give you. Love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you're my disciples. If you love one another. This is not just a nice idea to bear one another's burdens. It's not just a nice idea that we should be helping each other. No, this is what we're to do to fulfill the commandment of Christ to love one another. We're to help each other. We're to encourage each other. We're to to take each other's needs and to to meet them and to help one another. One of the things that, that really impresses me, and I mean really impresses me about the early church, is just how good they were at doing this. They were incredible at it. In terms of helping each other, I don't think there was a, another period in the whole of church history where they really got this than in the first couple of centuries after Jesus. We get a glimpse of how good they were at caring for each other in our passage in Acts 2. So the first church in Jerusalem, if you think about it, it's just like any church. People of all different backgrounds and races and, and opinions, but they're all together, united in Christ. And within the, the first church family in Jerusalem, there were people who had a real financial need. They were broke. They didn't have the money to make ends meet. They were in awful financial problems. They were in difficult financial situations. Some of them we know from Acts 6 were widows and orphans. They'd no man to provide. They'd been left with nothing. They were destitute. Others in the church may have had crops that failed and therefore were left with nothing to sell and no income. Others might have been slaves deep in debt and having to work off their slavery before they could be free. But whatever circumstances brought them into financial problems, within the church in Jerusalem, there were people and they had a very clear need. Very clear need. They were broke, destitute, in need of finance. Now what the church did, what the individuals in that early church did, it just, it just blows my mind. Have a look at verses 44 and 45 of Acts 2. Look what it says there. Describing this early church family, it says all the believers were together and they had everything in common. 
selling their possessions and goods, they gave to anyone as he had need. Now, there's two things they did. The first thing there, it says they had everything in common. What does that mean? It means they shared their stuff. They shared their stuff with those who didn't have it. They lent their possessions to those who couldn't afford to buy it. You know, maybe there's one of them and they had a nice fly mow lawnmower. Very proud of their fly mow lawnmower. And maybe there was a brother or sister who couldn't afford a lawnmower, but he had long grass. They lent them that. Do you get the picture? What's mine is yours, they said. What's mine is, is free for you to use. I know you, you can't afford the things you need, but you can borrow mine, you can take mine, you can use mine. They had everything in common. They didn't see their stuff as theirs anymore. They saw their stuff as belonging to God and, and let God's people use it. What's mine can be used by you, my brothers and sisters. But I think even more amazingly than, than sharing the stuff they had and letting others use it, more amazingly is that they sold their possessions and goods, it says, and they gave to anyone who had need. They saw their, their brothers and sisters in need and, and, and maybe they couldn't earn any more money to provide for them, but what they did was instead they, they took their goods and possessions Maybe stuff they didn't need anymore or maybe stuff they did need but it wasn't important anymore and they sold them and they got this money and, and they gave it to the people in their church family who were in need. It really is incredible, isn't it? They loved each other so much they sold their stuff to care for each other. And this, it, it wasn't a one-off. This was just the way it was in the early church. If you flick over to, to 1096, to the passage we looked at, Acts chapter 4, 34 to 35, we see it a little later on in the, in the narrative of Acts. It says, and this first sentence just staggers me, there were no needy persons among them. Within the early church, there was no one in need in the congregation, no one at all. Isn't that amazing? Why was that? Because for from time to time, those who owned lands or houses sold them, brought the money from the seals and put them at the apostles' feet and it was distributed to anyone who had need. Isn't this incredible? I mean, someone or some people in the Jerusalem church family, they sold their holiday homes in the North Coast. Why? Because they had people in their church family who were in need. They sold their holiday homes in the north coast and they took the money and they gave it to the apostles and they said, listen, apostles, give that to the people who are in need. It's just staggering how they cared for one another, how they met each other's needs. And it's not just in the Bible we find this. We find this scattered out throughout the early church. We, we find this in writings all over the place. Let me read a, another part uh, some, from somewhere else. Clement of Alexandra, he was a church leader in 215 AD, so 200 years after Jesus. Early church. And describing the practice of Christians, I've got it on the screen, he says this. This is what a Christian does. He impoverishes himself out of love so that he is certain he may never overlook a brother in need especially if he knows he can bear poverty better than his brother. He likewise considers the pain of another as his own pain. And if he suffers any hardship because of having given out of his own poverty, he does not complain. They were just so committed to meeting each other's needs, to helping each other 
with the problems that they had. Tertullian, who's a church leader who died in AD 240, noted about the Romans, and, and he said, this is what the Romans said. This is what the Romans were blown away at. He says, the Romans said, see how they love one another. The Romans looked at the Christian church, these pagans, they, they looked at the Christians and they were just blown away by how they loved each other. In the third century, there was a plague in North Africa and the pagans were taking members of their own family who were sick and they were throwing them out onto the streets. They didn't want to get themselves sick. But again, what's noted about the Christians They went to each other's homes and they cared for the sick in the church and they looked after them and they took the bodies and they buried them. They really loved one another. They really cared for one another. They win the medal. They're brilliant at it. They're famous for it. Famous for how they cared for each other. Famous for how they looked after one another. Famous for how they bore one another's burdens. But here's a challenging thought. And it really is challenging. We should be famous for that too. We should be famous for that. We, the the church of Jesus Christ in 2019, should be famous for how we love each other. We as Ravenhill Presbyterian Church in East Belfast, or maybe it's South Belfast, depending where you draw the border, we should be famous for how we love each other. We should be famous for that. We should be fantastic at that. We should be committed to that. Why? Because you see that command of Jesus to love one another as I have loved you, that wasn't just for the first disciples. It wasn't just for the early church. It's for us. And Paul, when he writes to the church in Galatia and he says, bear one another's burdens, that wasn't just for that little church in Galatia. That was for the church of all time. That was for us. Folks, as as Christians, we should be known for how we love each other and care for each other and support each other and encourage each other. We should be famous for that. Are we? I don't know. Are we famous for that? Are we known for that? Is our congregation known for that? If someone becomes a member here, is one of the things that they're going to say is they really, really love each other. They really care for each other. They really help each other. Are they going to say that? I don't know. I see so much good here. I see so many people do care for one another. But I think we could probably do it better. I think we could probably get better at this. I think this is maybe one of these things that we as a congregation need to grow in and, and can grow in by sharing each other's burdens, by opening up, by being real, by helping each other. Folks, God's vision for the church, it's not a building 
where people come on a Sunday as strangers, sing a few songs, hear a talk, and go home. That, that is not God's vision for the church. God's vision for the church is that people who he is called to be his become a family who know each other and love each other and care for each other and encourage each other. That's his vision for the church, to be a caring community of Christ's followers. Here are some things we might want to think about. How might we get better at this? One of the things, and, and, and these are in no particular order, and they're, they're just observations, they're not from the Bible, they're, they're just thoughts. Uh, some thoughts that I think we as a congregation might want to think about, might want to think about doing. How can we get better at caring for each other? The, the first thing I think we need to do, or one of the things we need to do is, I think we need to know each other better. I think we need to get to, to know each other better. I was speaking to someone recently from this congregation and, and they've been here for a long time and they've said, I don't know everyone's name. We're not a big congregation, but yet there's, there's folk in here and we don't even know each other's names. And yet we're, we're family. We need to know each other better. We need to know each other's names. We, we need to know about each other's lives. We need to develop a friendship with each other. You can't tell someone you don't know what you're going through. It doesn't work. You can only tell people you know and trust and love and have a relationship with. And I want to encourage you to, to be a people who, who start to get to know each other better. It's really interesting, isn't it? In our passage in Acts, I don't know if you noticed it, but it says that the, the, the believers ate together. They went from home to home and they broke bread together. They had meals together. The people in their houses, they got together for food. And I'm sure it was really awkward because they're all new Christians and they don't really know each other. But what do they do? They get together regularly and they start to build friendship and relationship. And folks, I want to encourage you to, to get to know each other. Become friends with the people who sit around you. Let's not be strangers. It's going to take work. It's going to take some small talk, which is awkward. But you have to wade through the shallow end to get to the deep stuff but I think we need to, to know each other better. Another thing I think we need to do is we, we need to stop pretending. Oh, we, we need to just take off the masks. We need to stop hiding the problems we're facing. I think maybe it's a Northern Ireland thing as well, isn't it? We, you know, we, we sort of want to, to appear like we have it all together. We don't want to admit that we've got stuff going on. But folks, if we're really going to be a caring community, if we're really going to love each other, we need to open up with each other. We need to tell each other. We need to be open with each other and, and tell people what we're going through. And there's a really simple way of doing that. A really simple way. Really effective way. Do you see if you're going through something difficult and you have a friend here in the congregation who you trust, who, who you know loves you, who you know cares for you, if you've got that friend or those friends in the congregation and, and you know you, you trust them and you're going through something difficult, what you say to them is this, will you pray for me? Pray for, pray for me because this is what I'm going through. Will you pray that God would help me in this? You ask them to pray for you. And that lets them know what's going on with you, 
but it also lets them know that they can pray for you. But here's what's really interesting. Do you see whenever people have asked me to pray for them, I've said I will do that and I do that. But very often whenever I am praying for somebody and thinking about them and remembering them in my prayers, the Lord directs me in what I maybe should do to help them. As I'm praying, as I'm thinking about them, as I'm considering their situation, the Lord often leads me or guides me through his word or with ideas of how I might actually help them. And so I want to encourage you, if you're, if you're going through something, if you're facing difficulties, if you need help, ask someone to pray for you. And then can I encourage you, if you are praying for someone, follow up with them. If someone asks you to pray for them, Say, yes, I will pray for you and go and pray for them and then speak to them a week later or a month later and follow up with them. How's that going? How's that situation? Show them that you care. Be involved. Talk to them. Listen to them. Pray and follow up. Another few things I think we need to do. Do you remember the paddling pool? There I am, struggling away, water spilling out. And the man came towards me. He came to me. He didn't run away. He didn't think that's not my business. He, he came towards me. He took the initiative. And folks, to be a caring community, that, that's what we need to do. Whenever we know someone is struggling, Instead of hanging back, waiting for them to come to us and say, I'm struggling. If you know someone is going through something, go to them. Approach them. Run towards them. Walk towards them in their pain or their hurt or their struggle. Don't shy away. Don't stand still. But take the initiative. Like I said at the start, nobody likes to ask for help. If you know someone struggling in the church family, go to them. And ask them and be involved. And listen to them. Ask them how they're doing. Ask them what you can do to help. Just, just listening can be a real ministry that helps someone. I did marketing at university. And one of the, the things I like in marketing are little taglines. You know, so a company has a tagline. So McDonald's, I'm loving it. I, I like all those taglines. But my favorite tagline of all is the Nike tagline. It's a big tick and it says, just do it. Just do it. And folks, I think whenever it comes to caring for one another, that needs to be our tagline. Just do it. Don't wait to be asked. Don't think you can't help don't, don't panic about what you're going to say or do. Just do something. Just do it. Just go and just help. One of the things that sometimes people think about ministers is that they know how to help people in every situation. It's really strange. People think that ministers know how to help people with all the different problems they're facing. And I have to tell you, I'm very sorry, but I don't know how to help everyone in every situation. In fact, very often I feel completely ill-equipped to help people in the situations that they're facing. And my guess is that that's the same with you. Maybe you sit here and you want to help people, but you think, I don't know how to help. 
Well, I want to encourage you that God has filled you with his Holy Spirit. And he has given you his word and he has commanded you to bear one another's burdens. And what I want to encourage you in is that whenever you actually take the step to do that, God will help you to help the person. You don't need to know what to do. You don't need to have all the answers. You don't need to have everything figured out. You don't need to have a 10-point plan, although if you're one of those people and you do, that's fantastic. All you need to do is step towards the person and in compassion and love, walk alongside them and offer offer them your help. Folks, the early church, they win the gold medal. They were a caring community. They loved each other, encouraged each other, bore one another's burdens. And I don't know about you, but that's the type of church I want to be part of. That's the type of congregation I want to be in. That's the type of congregation I would love this to be. We need God to encourage us. We need God to give us compassion for one another. We need God to to give us a heart for each other and to help each other. But I'm convinced that if we ask him to do that, he will. So why don't we turn to him now and pray and ask him to give us this compassion. Heavenly Father, we, we all long for this community this community where we bear each other's burdens, where we love each other and help each other and support each other. We all long for this community where we don't need to pretend or hide, but can be open and honest with our brothers and sisters in Christ and find help. But Lord, you know that very often our hearts are so focused on ourselves that we struggle to love others or care for them. You know too, Lord, that so often we're afraid of not knowing what to say or what to do that we hang back and we don't step in and we don't help and we don't speak and we don't encourage. Oh Lord, change us, we pray. Give us compassion on one another. Give us boldness to step out in faith and to to comfort those in, in need of comfort and to help those in need of help and to walk alongside those who are struggling in the walk. Oh Lord, change us to be a community which cares even more for each other than we do now. May we become famous for that. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.